Hi everyone. Um, I'm Priscilla, um, and I'm thankful to be standing here today. But to be honest, also a bit scared. I mean, I don't know if I should admit this to you, but the reason I'm standing here and talking to you about work is because I'm very bad at it. <laughs> so, work is actually something that I find really hard. So at the start of the year, when the young adults leaders were planning the topics for Generate, I was like, oh, can we please do a topic on work? I really need help with that. And so they were like, oh, how about you do it so you can learn about it? <laughs> and so here I am. And if that hasn't crushed your confidence in me yet, I actually have another confession to make. So I have been in the working world for a grand total of one and a half years. I am clearly so qualified to talk about this topic. But to qualify this a little, that doesn't mean that the only work I've done in my whole life has been in the past year and a half. Because when we talk about work today, we're not just talking about work like, oh, what job do you do kind of work, but also pretty much everything we do that's not resting or leisure. So this includes studying for exams, doing assignments, doing household chores, caring for someone, even job hunting or volunteering, that's all work. And that's the work that we'll be talking about today. So yeah, today I'm speaking to you from a position of weakness and not expertise, but I hope that for anyone else who struggles with work, that as we discover what the Bible says about work, we can and just together encourage one another to look to God in our work and worship Him through it. Um, yeah, so why are we talking about this? I mean, work, God, church, are they even related? Um, I know for me, I love attending church on Sunday and feeling all refreshed and encouraged. Then Monday comes along and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I have to go to work now. It's time to face the harsh realities of the world and get all bruised and battered again. But I mean, maybe that's being a bit dramatic, but... I feel like some days that's not far from the truth and we get a bit bruised and battered physically or mentally. Um, and I guess the question is how do we reconcile the gospel and our Christian faith with what we spend most of our week doing? I guess as Christians we don't just worship God at church um, but in the rest of our lives as well. Romans 12.1 says that we worship God by offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to him. And that's offering all parts of our life to him. That includes our relationships, our feelings, our time, our money, and our work as well. And when we go to work, when we, go to work we actually go to worship God. Okay, but wait, let's backtrack a bit. How do we get there? I guess worshiping God at work, that's the aim and that's the goal. But yeah, how do we get there? So to explore this a little, let's look at what the Bible says about work. And let's look for some tips from the Bible for, of what approach we should have when we go home today and start working again tomorrow. So starting in the beginning in Genesis and working our way through the Bible over the next four to five hours, um, Genesis 1 says, God create, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then the chapter goes on to describe the different things God created. And then by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all this work. So here we see that work is something that God does. And actually, God saw that all he had made, and it was very good. So, okay, so his work was not a bad thing. In fact, it was good. I suppose it makes sense. I mean, 
he did create us, like, look at all the beautiful people in the room. Um, and if we look around at our world, we actually get to appreciate the result of his work. Um, in verse 27, he sa it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. We are made in the image of a working God. And in chapter 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So this is the first account of work in the Bible. We learn that God himself is a worker. He created us in his likeness. He saw that the result of his work was good. He rested and he commanded man to work too. What this is saying is that in God's original design, work isn't meant to be this terrible dreaded thing, but it's actually quite a beautiful joy bringing thing. Wouldn't it have been a sight to behold watching God at work? What do you think it would have been like? I mean, I don't really know, but I'm pretty sure God wouldn't have gone about it in drudgery. I don't think he would have cut corners and said, oh, well, who cares about that little worm? No one's going to see them anyway. I'll just put in less effort for that. Oh, but the pandas, everyone's going to be admiring them. I better make them look pretty. <laughs> I, I think when we look around at creation, I feel like it helps us understand a bit of who God is. We get to see his attention to detail, his creativity, his confidence, the love he put into it, even to the tiniest of creatures. And when we see the work of God's hands, we see intricately, purposefully created things, and we can't help but go, wow. So this is the ultimate example of work done well. How does it compare to the way we work? And God didn't just do all the work so that we can spend our lives lying on beaches, sipping on drinks, and admiring his work. As nice as that sounds, he had a better plan. He created us in his image and made us to continue his work with him. Specifically, he, his command to man was to work the garden and take care of it. What does this mean? Well, I guess working the garden is kind of like when we work and reshape creation. Turning it, into, turning it more into the world that God wants it to be. Um, I think of engineers and tradies building infrastructure that helps us live better, gives us roads to drive on. When artists, musicians, chefs create beautiful things, we get to enjoy and appreciate them, and this adds beauty to the world. And what about caring for creation? I guess I think of farmers, cleaners, nurses, teachers who care for people and care for this world that we live in. Have you, I don't know, have you ever noticed that God's loving care comes to us largely through the labor of others? When we say grace before eating and we say, thank you, God, for the food, like it's true, the food is a provision from God. But he's used the farmers who reared the animals and grew the veggies, the butcher, the people who transported the ingredients, the people at the market who supplied it the chef, the waiters, and then if you order a drink, the list gets even longer. And God used the work of all these people to provide for us. Work is a major instrument of God's providence, and God is using you through your work to care for others too. Hey, think about your job, whatever you're doing now. Maybe you're a student and you spent the week studying for your biology exam. Now, think about Joel. <laughs> He's maybe spent his week organizing, generate, preparing a sermon, meeting up with people to talk about God. Okay, who do you think has been serving God more? Is it Joel, who's been doing all these Christian-y stuff, 
clearly bringing, bringing people closer to God? Or is it you? <laughs> nah, it's actually, you have both been serving God, regardless of what work you've been doing, unless you're clearly doing something that God is against. But maybe you're caring for creation, maybe you're working it and advancing it, or maybe you're not even clear what the impact of your work is. But either way, if God has put you in a place and asked you to work there, let's believe that there's a purpose for that. And when we do the work, we are serving him. Um, Martin Luther had a quote that says on the screen, A poor maid should have the joy in her heart of being able to say, Now I am cooking, making the bed, sweeping the house. Who has commanded me to do these things? My master and mistress have. What has given them authority over me? God has. Very well, then it must be true that I am not serving them alone, but also God in heaven, and that God must be pleased with my service. How could I not possibly be more blessed? Why, my service is equal to cooking for God in heaven. I feel like knowing this changes everything about how we approach our work. Do we approach our everyday mundane tasks as service for God? Do we believe that God himself has called us to do it? Um, yeah, this is God's design for work. But I know we know that although the world we live in is created by God, it also has very real and painful elements of our human nature and sin. Let's go back to Genesis when sin entered the world. In Genesis 3, Adam and Eve rebel against God and eat from the tree he told them not to eat from under the influence of the devil. And God says to Adam, Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food. So here it says that because of the fall, work is now hard. There are thorns and thistles that we need to battle in our work. There are frustrations. There is sweat involved, sometimes even tears. And often when we work, we struggle to see results and impact. I know many people would say that medicine is a clear place to see God's healing hand at work compared to other fields. But one of the things I struggled with when I first started working and still do is reconciling the idea of wanting to help others and then actually going to work and feeling like despite all the hours of work I do, I've hardly made a difference. And most, there's just a never-ending stream of problems many of which there's not much I can do about anyway. And it's in these times where we need to rely not just on what we can see or our feelings, but our faith in God that since he has called us to do this, that he is working with us and that he can and will use whatever small efforts we give for his purposes. Easier said than done, I know, but let's say your boss gave you a task to do that you didn't quite understand why you're doing it, and if it even helps with anything. What would help you decide whether or not you'd actually do this task and do it well? Wouldn't it be the relationship that you had with your boss? If you know your boss well, know that he's good and trustworthy, if you respect him and trust him, then you'd probably think, oh, there's probably a good reason why he's asking me to do it, and you'll probably do it anyway. But if you don't have this relationship with your boss or you know that he's not trustworthy, then you probably wouldn't feel comfortable just doing what he says without understanding why. Now imagine that our boss is God. He's given us these jobs and called us to work well 
whatever context we're in, you know this God. He is good. He is all-knowing. He is powerful. And he is trustworthy. Genesis says the ground will produce thorns and thistles for us, but it also says that we will eat the plants of the field. So even in this fallen world, despite the frustrations, there is still fruitfulness. So when we go to work, let's expect some hardship, but let's also expect God to work in it so that um, it bears fruit. Another result of sin is that it's corrupted our motivations for work. Genesis tells the story of the Tower of Babel where people said, come, let's build for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So these people worked for their own glory rather than for God, and it didn't end up well for them. Their work was frustrated because God wasn't working with them. And I think this is an aspect of sin that has definitely seeped into our working culture. And it's often a reason that work gets frustrating for us. God wants to work with us, but we push him away and work for our own glory instead. We work to get rich, or we work to be respected and honoured by others, or we work to make ourselves feel important. We make our career our God, and we look to it to fulfil our personal needs. Have you ever worked with these motives? I know I have. So often I work hard so that others will see my efforts and think well of me or praise me. I want others to think of me as being the good, competent doctor. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be seen that way, but when we make that our aim and start obsessing over it, that's when it gets dangerous. I found that when I make my work all about me, I start working in fear of getting in trouble and spend my efforts trying to prove myself And I've had so much stress and anxiety from this when instead I could have worked for God and found joy in just getting to serve others regardless of how they thought of me. And sometimes I've also gotten jealous of colleagues who I feel are better than me. And I feel like that's always a good way of identifying when we're working for ourselves and not God. When we start comparing ourselves to others and focus on wanting to be better better than them instead of wanting everyone to be the best they can so that God gets the glory. And when we work for ourselves, it's never fulfilling because that's not the purpose of work. Work was made for us to partner with God and worship Him, not ourselves. But the temptation is very real and we need to recognize it so that we can catch ourselves and turn it back to being about God. So, how do we work for God? Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means he's given you the power to act on his behalf with his resources. Isn't it crazy and an immense honor? And does this change the way you do things? Later on in the chapter, Paul says something similar, and this is one of my favorite verses. He says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. How are we meant to work? With all our heart. We could talk about a list of things we could do at work to be a good Christian, like being conscientious, honest, kind, reliable, etc. But I think they're all encompassed by this, working with all our heart. There's a difference between saying, 
oh, this person's a reliable worker, or this person's a hard worker, compared to saying, this person works with all their heart. What, that's a pretty radical way of working. Like, what could possibly be the motivation for someone to do this? Maybe because they're not working for an earthly master, but for God himself. This means that even if we're not getting the recognition that we deserve from our earthly bosses, we take hope and still do our best because we're working for someone else. Um, Philippians 2, 12 to 14 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, continue, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. What does that mean? If we're going to work well, it's not because we think that's going to help us look better in front of God or help us be more righteous before God um, or help us be saved from our sin. No, that's all already been done. In fact, we approach work differently because we have already been saved and God is the one who works in us um, for this. As Tim Keller said, we are adopted into God's family, so we already have our affirmation. We are justified in God's sight, so we have nothing to prove. We have been saved through a dying sacrifice, so we are free to be a living one. We are loved ceaselessly so we can work tirelessly in response to a quiet inner fullness. And Paul even gives some practical tips. He says, Paul said, do everything without grumbling or arguing. How many of you see grumbling and arguing in your workplace? How many of you think this actually helps? Um, Titus 2, 9 to 10 says, Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Saviour attractive. In the workplace, we may be the only Jesus that people ever meet and the only Bible that people ever read. How are we reflecting God's name? We don't do this by grumbling or arguing. Um, yeah, but we're called to be salt and light of the world. Okay, I don't know about you, but this all sounds really hard to me. <laughs> I want to be a good Christian witness, but the reality is that I don't always treat people with love. I don't work as hard as I'm meant to, or I make work my idol, and then I feel bad. But don't feel bad. <laughs> It's hard, and we were never meant to do this on our own. We need help, and we do have help. The first thing we need to do to take Jesus into our workplace is to realize that he's already there. And our expectation is that he will act with us. Dallas Willard said, Grace is God acting in your life to accomplish what you cannot do on your own. We've often learned that grace is unmerited favor, but it moves beyond this to action. When we partner with God in our various workplaces, we actually get to experience his grace in action. Isn't this exciting to you? And we partner with God by praying, praying, and praying some more. When we pray, we surrender our work to God and invite him to do his thing. And not just urgent prayers when things go wrong, like, Oh no, God, I'm in trouble again. Please get me out of this. 
but actually praying proactively about our workplace, about the people we work with and how God can use us. Now, I had a few months' notice that I'd be speaking on this topic, so for the past few months, I've been thinking, what can I tell you guys? I feel like we're all already trying our best, but it's just really hard. So I was thinking, maybe we should pray more. So I thought I'd do a little experiment and start actively praying before and after work. Try it out, see if it works. So as I was driving to work each time, I would pray something like this. Dear God, thank you for sending me to work today. Thank you for the privilege of working with you. And I'd say it like, oh. (laughs) But I don't know what's going to happen today, but help me to trust that you're in control. Thank you for the people you will be leading me to treat and work with today and fill my heart with love for them and help me to see them as your precious children. Give me opportunities to share you and the courage to take them. So I prayed something like this before each shift. And I won't say that I became a super doctor or performed healing miracles or anything like that. But I guess I felt like slowly my heart and my attitudes did change a little and my actions too. I don't know, I just felt like I had a little more strength and motivation to love and serve the people I interacted with at work. And I feel like praying just helped me align myself with God's thoughts and be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and prompting. And the good thing is, I guess, we don't have to just do this alone. We're part of the church. This is the place where we gather to be equipped, prayed for and encouraged before being scattered into the different places where we go during the week. So we are going to spend a bit of time doing that tonight. Um, But before that, for those who fell asleep earlier, just a quick recap. So firstly, we were made in the image of our working God and created to work. And when we do so, we care for God's creation and help make it better. And that brings glory to God. Secondly, because of sin, our work is often hard and frustrating and we might not see results. But this is when we need to trust that God can and will use our small efforts to make something beautiful out of it. Thirdly, we work not for ourselves or for human bosses, but we work for God in his name with his resources. And because of that, we work with all our heart. And lastly, we can't do this by ourselves. It's too hard. We need to partner with God in this and be guided by his spirit. So, yeah, what we'll do now is I'll get you to turn to the person next to you um, and just talk to the person next to you about the work that you do. Is there any way you've already seen God working in your workplace? And what do you think it would look like for you to worship God at work and work for him? And then maybe we can just spend some time encouraging each other, praying for each other, so we can send the other person out into the week in God's strength to do this.